0: Father, amen. Amen. Are you glad to be in the service today? I'm so excited to be with you. Please sit down. We'll we'll do some exercises in the service. I'm so excited to be with you um, today. You know, when um, Apostle Femi invited me, you know, that I'll be here this morning, I looked forward to it. It's been a few years now I was here, and uh, you guys have been so wonderful in looking after me. I want to thank Tulu Waludu you know um, he got in touch when we came to Lagos and he's since been looking after me and I also want to appreciate Pastor Kule that I met for the first time this morning And uh, the entire leadership right here I want to appreciate you I bring you, I bring you greetings from my wife um, yesterday was her birthday and um, she, she was meant to be here with me but, um, but she's not you know but um, she sends her love and her greetings, and very soon, we hope we'll be able to come back again together and just share God's word with you. Um, this is my life. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. You know? This is my life. I enjoy sharing God's love, and I'll, I'll tell you a few stories. So, And I'm also mindful of time, so let's get started. It's 8.47 and I understand I've got 45 minutes, and we are going to keep to time. Somebody has to remind me, not a minute more than I've been given, okay? Good. Are we ready to go? Now, I'm going to, we're, we're going to read from Luke chapter 10, from verse 38 to Luke chapter 11, verse 4 or 5. So the scriptures will come up on the screen, and uh, we are going to stand together. <clears throat> you have going to clear your truth. It's important for you to hear yourself read God's word. It's very important. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's important for you to hear yourself read God's word out loud. So let's stand together, you know. And um, we'll start reading from verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. And then we'll go on to the next chapter and then end in verse 4. And I'm reading from B I P S B, the Burian Study Bible. It's important to know the translation I'm reading from because I tend to use so many translations. Are you ready? Good, good. Okay, let's go. Go. As they traveled along, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Lazarus, Martha, welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to his message. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations to be made. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord replied, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, and it will not be taken away from her. Chapter 11, verse 1. One day, in a place where Jesus had just finished praying, one of his disciples requested, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we thank you because you delight in us, you love us so much, you care for us, and you give your best for us. And we also thank you because you have, you also delight in when we have fellowship with one another, knowing that our fellowship is with you. And I thank you for this opportunity to go into your word. And we've read from your word that the entrance of your word to your word gives light and brings understanding to the simple. So we ask this day that as we examine, as we mind, as we drill into your word, that our eyes will be opened, our heart will understand, we we'll receive courage to do and courage to obey you amen. that your name will be magnified glorified in our hearts amen. this we ask for in Jesus name amen. Amen. amen please be seated um i in the last so many years in Ipswich International Church where i am a minister one of four ministers we do our own devotional guide. We, we, we read, we, we started a few years ago to pray for 21 days every morning, I mean our Daniel fast, and somehow it hasn't stopped. So for about three, over three years, every morning, six o'clock online and all that, we we'll link up, we we'll pray. So in the last few months, we've gone through some wonderful portions of scriptures. And one of those we've just gone through is the gospel according to Dr. Luke. And when you go through the Bible, especially together, you discuss it, you examine, you ask questions. There are things that then open up to you. So I've read the scriptures several times, several, several times. But every time I read it, things open up again and again. It's like peeling of onion, you just never stop. There'll be layers and layers and layers. So when we began to look at Luke again, not too long ago, just reading familiar scriptures, we began to see things that we never saw before. So, those are some of the things I want to share with us this morning. Some of these things we've known for a while, and some of those things have been deepened, and some are just fresh, because God's word is new. His mercies are new every morning, but God's word is always refreshing when we go up with open heart to it. So, we read in Luke chapter 10, the first portion that we read from verse 38, the story of a family. The, you know, two sisters, Martha and Mary. They live, Luke doesn't tell us where they live. I mean, it just says in a certain village, you know, in a certain town. Jesus goes into this place. So, Luke tells us so little about these two women. But these are women that Jesus visits their home. And they receive him in different ways. You can see from what we have read here, you know, and this is one of the, my favorite portions of scriptures. What do they say? Um, two women come around jesus comes to their house and one says look jesus is coming so let's prepare the house make the house ready for him and the other one says okay jesus is here i'm just going to hang around him i'm going to sit at his feet and hear what he has to say and it's all right to receive jesus your own way but well, it then became a problem when the one who chooses to entertain Jesus is not bothered that she's the only one doing that by herself. So she goes to Jesus, and that's not what I'm looking at today, but I'm just pointing out. She goes to Jesus and says, um, my, my, my sister has left me alone to serve, so tell her to come and help me. You know, that's why people think they can use God to do anything. Why can't you tell her yourself? So she, you know, tell her to, tell, to do this. And nobody can use God. Neither can anybody use the devil. They both use people. God uses people. The devil uses people. Nobody can use them. So she goes to Jesus. And I will give you as an, as an exercise. Go through the Gospels and see everyone that tries to use Jesus. They tell Jesus what to do about A, B, or C. Another one comes and says, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. Check what Jesus does to them. Check his response to them, his reaction to them, how he deals with the situation. Nobody uses God. But they God uses people. And the smart thing is to allow God to use them. Us. So, and when you go to God about A, B, or C, God is going to tell you about you. So, she goes to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to serve? And Jesus says, um, uh, Martha, Martha, you pay attention when Jesus calls your name twice. When I was growing up, when my mother called me, Wally, 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 do you know the next thing? How many times did I call you? then you know what is coming next. So when Jesus calls your name twice, don't let me call it the third time. (laughs) You know? So he says, Martha, Martha. It's not about your sister. It's about you. You are incumbent about many things. But there's only one thing. Your sister has made her choice. You can change your choice. Does that make sense? Okay, so, but why actually link the story in chapter 10 to chapter 11? What we read in chapter 11 is about what? Talk to me. The prayer. But why actually link the two is because of what these women did that Luke doesn't tell us, which I'll be talking about in the 10 o'clock service in John chapter 11. Luke doesn't tell us the name of their town. He doesn't tell us they have a brother. But John tells us the name of their town. They have a brother. And then it's in chapter 11 that the brother falls ill. And then they send for Jesus. But why I actually link it up is because these women, especially Mary, did two things. I mean, a particular thing. She's the one that did what? Anointed Jesus. The woman with the alabaster box. You know that? And Jesus says, whatever the gospel is preached, what she did will always be mentioned. She probably was the only one who understood what the disciples did not understand. Jesus is telling them, I'm gonna die. I'll be buried, but I'll rise again the third day. And Jesus, and Peter says, God forbid. But she's the only one who probably had or knew something and prepared the lost body for his resurrection. She embalmed the body before he died. Because if Jesus says, I'm going to die, I'm going to rise the third day, if you're going to cooperate with him and partner with him, what should you be asking? What happens to your body? Are you going to use the same body and all that? So that's number one thing. Then number two thing is the I found their prayer, the most profound prayer before the cross. That's why I linked it up. So you would then see, you know, I'll be talking about that in the second service. So they knew something that is the foundation of a thriving life in Christ. That's why I linked it up to chapter 11. But I'm actually going to focus in this service on chapter 11. If you be, if you, it's all right. If you're not going to be at the 10 o'clock service, watch it online, and then you'll understand why I linked the two up. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so let's go on to chapter 11 now. Get my screen, uh, my 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 slides on. Yes. Go ahead. Come on. Keep, um, come come on come on come on. Yep. Go. On. Just go on. Keep flipping. Keep flipping. Come on. Next. Next. Come on. Gone. gone. Go Just gone. Gone. Nest. 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 Okay. Nest. Nest. Gone. I've gone that. Yep. Gone. That's why I'm talking about our Papa God. Of all that the knew of Jesus. What did they ask for? Talk to me. Of all they knew about Jesus, all they were asking for his teachers to pray, they see miracles. They see healings. They see provisions. They see thousands fed from a boy's lunch. They see many things happening. And then they also notice Jesus leaving them for a while. In fact, it's one of those verses, Mark Mark 1.35, how Jesus rose up a great while before day that went into a secluded place to pray, that got me saved. Went to a meeting quickly, and then I left the evangelistic meeting, went back home, I couldn't sleep. That scripture was just ringing in my head, and Jesus rose up a regular day, Jesus rose up a regular day, just ringing in my head. It only stopped when I knelt down to pray and asked Jesus to come into my life. So you realize that I've always been interested in how the secluded life that Jesus left led, led. So anyway, so they see all those things, and then the only thing they ask is teachers to pray, and uh, and Jesus says, "I'll teach you to pray." And what does it say? When you pray. What do you say when you pray? Sorry? When you pray, say father. Talk to your neighbor and say, neighbor. When you pray, say father. When you pray, say father father is important. Why? Because prayer is talking to the father. When you pray, say father. And that's father in English. When you pray, in other languages, you say Abba. If it is Latin, when you pray, say Pata. If you are Yoruba, when you pray, you say If you are Igbo, when you pray, you say? Sorry? Whatever language. If you are English, you say, Dad. Come on, come with that. You see, Father, Utata. Put it on the screen there. You know, Papa. Ba, the Chinese. Tata. Abba, Somalian. When you pray, you say what? Father. Why? Because Jesus is teaching those who have come to accept God as their father how to pray. And it's important to do that. And why it's also important that some things we know or understand better when we know what it is taught. Look out, Jesus doesn't say when you pray, say what? Judge, my Lord. You know, have you been to court before? Land dispute, case, traffic boarding, Loma, no, what's the, Lasma, they arrest you, they pick you up, and they take you before a magistrate, and what do you say before the magistrate? Your Lord. But Jesus doesn't say when you pray, what? My Lord. Why? Why? Because prayer is not a court appearance. There are those who think they go to God as judge. So they think prayer is a cut appearance. Turn to your neighbor and say, Prayer, prayer. is not a cut appearance. appearance. It's not. Somebody say, But God is the judge of all the earth. He was the judge of all the earth. God is no longer judge. Because, you know, when I began to teach some of these things, somebody say but Abraham said, God is easy. I said, the problem with us is we spend most of our time in the Old Testament. When we should be spending our time in the New Testament and then look at the Old Testament in the light of the new. So Jesus says, when you pray, you say what? He did not say, my Lord, judge. Why? Prayer is not a court appearance. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Yeah. Prayer. It's not a cut appearance. appearance. And then also, what else he did not say? He didn't say when you pray and you say dear referee or umpire. You know why? Because prayer is not a wrestling match. The People talk about warfare prayer. Who are you fighting? God? In prayer? Why are you fighting? Don't tell anybody and say prayer. It's not a wrestling match. So somebody will say, but the Bible says we wrestle not. Well, you can wrestle and there's a place for wrestling, but not in prayer. Prayer is not a wrestling match. Jesus says what? When you pray, say... When you pray, say, Father. He didn't say, say, referee. He didn't say, say, umpire. He didn't say, say, an arbiter. Why? Because prayer is not a wrestling match. March. And he, another thing he doesn't say here in this place is when you pray say, dear Commander-in-Chief, Field show. You know why he didn't say that? Because prayer is not a war theater. It's not a war theater. Where God is, everything works. So you're not wrestling to get anything from God. Prayer is not a resting prayer, but it says, when you pray, say, Father. Father, why? Because, get the next slide up. Prayer is conversation with the Father. We are calling on Papa. We are, we are calling on our Papa. And the nature of our Papa is, is loving. He is what? Caring. He is compassionate. He is merciful. So, I wasn't like this before. I was brought up. I was born again in Lagos. I was raised in Lagos. You know, and I went to services in Lagos. And I was taught prayer, and I saw prayer being done the way it was done. And I would see people screaming and shouting and all that. And and I, I was puzzled. Then I began to check scriptures myself. It's one thing for scriptures to be read to me, it's another thing for me to examine it myself. So I began to look at the scriptures myself, and I began to say, Is this how prayer should be? What exactly is prayer? And I began to see Jesus teach us how to pray. And he says, When you pray, you say, Papa, Papa Baba, Daddy. When you pray, say father. Then I began to see what's the nature of Papa. One of the most important scriptures ever is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then John 1, 12 says, as many as received him, to them he authorized, empowered to become. What? Talk to me. And so he now tells the sons of God, including, you know, everyone is a son, but you can say sons and daughters of God. He now tells them, when you pray, you say, Papa, he's that caring and loving. And you look at the nature of God, then you will recognize that he really means what he says. That prayer is about conversation with the father. It's about having a chat with the Father. And the nature of the Father is he is loving, he is caring, he is compassionate, he is merciful. And his desire is to give us all that is required for life and godliness. And Peter says, it's not what he's going to give us, it's what he has given us. That's the nature of the Papa. And then prayer is about fellowshipping with God. I wonder how many people realize how God really desires to have us within. He does. Because many times we look at the wrong mirror. We look at ourselves. You look at the mirror. You look at yourself. You see what you have done, what you have not done right, how imperfect you are, and all that. Don't you think God knows all those things? It does. And with that, it still says, I love you. Like I joined the service when they worshipped him. and really have to appreciate them When they were singing, he knows my name. Do you really, 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 really believe he knows your name? He doesn't only just know your name. The Bible says the ears on my head are numbered. Not just counted. Each has a number. That's how much! Papa loves us. I mean, I, I'm doing a class at the moment, teaching a class at the moment, and we are looking at the nature of God. And you know, and the next class we are looking at how, I mean, last time around we see how God is cannot change. How is everywhere present. And then the next class we'll be looking at how is all powerful. You know, uh, how he's all powerful, and then how is um, what's the other one? Omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. Everywhere present, yes. He's all-powerful, he's everywhere present. And then one of these days, we'll be looking at how he loves us. And that cannot change. He can't. He can't change his mind about us. Because he has done it in Christ Jesus. I love you. And what does it mean to love you? What does it mean to love me? We'll look at some of those things this morning. Our papa loves us. He delights greatly in his children. And prayer also is a movie theater. What do you do when you go to a theater? You go and watch a movie. Maybe you don't go to media. theater nowadays. you watch it on Netflix. What do you do? You sit down and watch what is displayed, isn't it? And that is a scripture that helped me change my life entirely in the place of prayer. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. I was reading it one day, and I kept looking at it. And God says, "Call upon me, and I will answer you. And I will talk to me. Somebody's telling me there. Somebody's responding to me. Come on, no, no, say it confidently. And I will. When I saw that, that God says, "Call upon me." And I will respond to you. And I will answer you. And my answer to you is to show you great and mighty things that, that you know not. And that day, I was still pastoring in this city. I changed our, our prayer session called time. Um, uh, uh, the, the name for prayer st- uh, uh, meetings. It became show time. That I go into the place of prayer and I expect to be shown what I did not know. So I don't go to God telling him. There's nothing I will say because the Bible says, before the words are formed in my mouth, he knows them. So the wise thing for me to do in prayer is to spend more time listening to him, watching him, than blabbing away. Because before I say, he knows. It's still important to say, but I won't spend all my time speaking. I spend most of my time listening because he says, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you. Who doesn't like to be shown what he doesn't know? Who doesn't like to be shown what is going to happen in your life in two years' time? Who doesn't like to be shown about the interview you are going to? Who doesn't like to be shown the board meeting you'll be attending next week? Who doesn't like to be shown? Before I came to Lagos a few days ago, I wanted to know what will happen. I just wanted to know and i go to the place of prayer papa you said you will show me what will happen i remember wednesday morning i said <laughs> I said you'll be pleasantly surprised i said okay i took note of that pleasant surprises that's prayer to be shown God, and that's what God really wants to do. He wants to show us and he wants to fellowship with us. He wants us to hang around with him. He does want to do that. And why does he want that? Next slide. Because he loves us. I've been saved for a long time. But something, how many people have memorable days? Certain things, you know, there are some days you will never forget all your life. Everybody does. Everybody does. I don't know. It might be the day of your wedding, the day something happened, the day you had your first child. Things happen. The, the day you met that man, the woman you eventually married. I remember, You know, I have a few memorable days, and one of them I want to talk to you about now. 19th of May, 2012. It was a Saturday. I was in England. I wasn't living in England then. I was in Lagos, but I was, you know, um, my family was attending a church meeting. It was They were part of a church in England. And then I was, because about eight, nine years, um, my family went back there. So I was shortling and all that. I was pastoring, doing things and business and all that in Lagos. So, but anyway, the church was going to have a new senior minister who invited me to be there. So he was going to be inducted as a senior minister of the church. And I was there. And then he's part of an Ilim movement. And the regional coordinator or leader, what you might call the bishop, was there. And he was speaking and he was preaching. And I can't remember all the things he said. But suddenly he got to 1 John chapter 4, verses 17, 18, 19. And he begins to talk and he begins to read it. And he says, um, perfect love, cast out fear for fear as torment but if you have not been perfected in love you know i'm just paraphrasing it gets there and i did, i stopped hearing what he was saying because the moment he mentioned that scripture something happened in me i'm sorry about this something happened there and then i began to have the, the service was still going on then there was a conversation right within me and what was the conversation about when I at, at, at first start I'll go back. When in 1999 God sent us to Nigeria to come and start a church, we did. And when we came to Lagos, I came. I tell people I came, I came with my coffin, that this is where I was going to die, because I wasn't going to move. I just thought this is where I'm going to stay for the rest of my life. My mission will be here. This will be my base and everything and everything. And then after 10 years, there was this stern I should go back to England. I said no, I'm not going. I'm not going back to England. At 48, what am I going back to do? I'm not going back to England. I'm going to stay in Lagos. And so, during that service, there was that conversation. If you truly believe that God loves you, perfect love cast out fear. You remember that? Does anybody have the scripture open? 1 John 4, 17, 18. Read it out, shout it out. I mean, I could open it from there, but look, this is not an entertainment. This is what? Participatory service. So does anybody have it open? I'll put it on the screen. First John four. Let's read it, and I'll show you one or two things there. And my experience, something that happened in my life, and it has never stopped. In First John four, it says, "Now was it it? Come on, read it out." Okay. Anyway. Now, there was that conversation there, and God says, if you truly, truly believe that my love for you is perfect, why are you afraid to obey me? I said, what? Why are you afraid to move back to England? I said, what? What am I going to do? You know why? I didn't know it was fair. I thought it was faith. Am I going to start again at 48? A country I've left for about 14 years. And then not going back there, but now going back to a small town. I've never lived in a town all my life. I've always lived in a city with millions of people. And then I'll go to a town that has less than 150,000 people. What am I going to do? But I saw there perfect love cast out fear. It could cut the long story short, something began to happen. Then I began to see my errors in my understanding. You know what the problem was? Every time, looking back, I read the perfect love cast off here, I would think of my love for God. Does that, are you making sense? Am I making sense to you? I would think of, oh, my love for is perfect. You know, but I can't imagine my love for God being perfect. But when that day, my eyes were opened, I began to see that it's God's love for me that is perfect. And then I can believe that it will cast out fear. And that was the beginning of how God began to show me that I had more confidence in myself and my abilities than I had in him. And I'll say, okay, what am I going to do? This was May 2012. I came back to Lagos quickly. I packed my business. At that time, I was I was collecting refuse in Lagos. And you know, I was co- and, you know it's it's good to collect refuse, you know, you keep the place clean. You know? And yeah, I was always doing that. You know? So, and I quickly, by October, I was back in England. I didn't know what to do. You know, you're 48 and the half. You've left a country for about 14 years and you're not back, not to where you went to. I used to live in London. Now, in a small town in Ipswich with less than 150,000 people, what am I going to do? In the first a half two years, I will cry. I will cry. I said, is this how my life is going to end? Just crying in this small town, not knowing what to do. Lord, what am I doing? Oh, man, I I, I will pray, I will fast, and I will cry. And because I was raised as an African man, my wife will never see me cry. If I hear the door creak, never see me cry. And then I would go for a walk. I would walk for miles, crying. God, how is this how my life will end? Because he says, I shall bear you. And then during that period, I began to see. That's why, oh man, one of the, my best songs at that time was to show, to prove and calibrate my heart to receive the love of God. And I was sing those Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. I must have sung it a million times. You know why? I needed to persuade my heart that God loves me. Because in the natural, all love is transactional. Some of them are transactional. Some of them are conditional. If you do well in school, your parents will pat you on the back. And they probably will, you know, not every parent, you know, there are those who love you even when you don't do too well. But most people, it's transactional or conditional. But here I found in the scriptures that with all my flaws, with all my imperfections, with everything human that I am, he loves me. I cried. During that period, I just couldn't do anything. I was just crying. I would be weeping. I would wake up. I I wasn't used to doing nothing. And I was locked up here. Just, Just during that period, I began to embrace how much Papa loves me. Never. I began to move away from calling him God. He becomes my Papa. And then as I grew then, of course, things began to happen and all that. Even if those things did not happen, the church went, in, they, they had a little bit of what we had done, they invited me to join the leadership and all that. Even if those things did not happen, I'd come to a point where I'd realize that no matter what, Papa loves me. And that changed everything. So, when I read Luke 11, you probably have no idea of how I say, when you pray, you say, Papa, Father, I began to see things differently. What does it mean to love? He cares for us. He's passionate about us. He says we are of value to him. That's what he says. I learned it in a, you know, because it was difficult for me to believe. He he told me, you believe more in yourself than you believe in me. I said, but I'm a man of faith, Yeah, ha, 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 ha. Then I began to realize that right in the depth of my heart was a lot of confidence in myself. And then I began to trust him. I began to, you know, something you know, something is happening. I said, don't worry, we'll call so-and-so. Uh, who is it that you cannot reach? You are five people away from anybody on earth. You know, something. I said, don't worry, I will call them. We'll call them. But now, nah, something happens. I have a papa. Who? Jesus loves me. This, I, I'm not guessing, and I want to encourage you. It's not about listening once. No, you have to calibrate your heart to receive the love of God. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord as your Savior, you want to receive His love. He's saying you are of value to Me. It's not because of anything I've done. It's just that I am his child. Jesus never did anything on earth after it came. when he says, and when he was just being baptized and a voice came from heaven, that is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He hasn't done anything. So I don't have to do anything. He's just pleased with me. I was, I was going to think you were going to say the same thing. I was thinking you were going to say the same thing. He just, he, he looks at Wiley and he's like, wow. That's my son. What's your name? Yes. Second rule. Sorry? Adegbike. He looks like Adegbike and he's like, wow. That's my daughter. You see, I wake up and I'm not boasting. I'm telling you this. Go and ask my wife. I wake up every morning just excited that God is my father. just excited. that Look, it's my father. What's going to come? What's going to come against me? It doesn't matter. He loves me. In this life, and in the life to come, we're together. They say um, uh, uh, crisis, uh, living crisis, or crisis of um, uh, whatever it is, you know, of human um, cost of living crisis and all that, you know, all this uh, happened and all that. If I have food to eat, Great. No food. As a soldier, you learn hardness. But in the midst of that, he loves me. And guess what? The love sees me through. You cease from your struggle. You're not trying to please him. You're not trying to end his love. He's already given. You're not trying to, oh, maybe if I fast this, if I do that. There are those some of those. those things are good. But you are not doing them to end his love. You are loved. Yeah. Papa loves his children. If I can, if I can say the same thing in a million ways, that you come to receive, May 1922 will mark my life forever, when I stepped into realizing and recognizing and living in the love of Papa. And then when you notice Jesus Christ, it's only once. That he ever, in his relationship with God, in his prayer and all that, he will call God, God. But everywhere else is what? Papa. Father. Baba. And that's my desire. That's why I said, at this point, I just want to talk to you about our Papa God. He who loves us. Who cares for us. He loves us so much. So, you want to join me? If you want to stand, please stand. Join me. We are going to sing that a few times. It's important to put it there. You, 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 you be, I mean, <laughs> during those times, for about two years, I became a child again. And i would just be going on the street in Ipswich. And I'll just be crying. And I'll be saying, Jesus. Because there are some things you have done in the past, you're not sure whether because of that that could be a hindrance to between you and God. But I realized that he paved and removed every entrance so that Wally can come to him. And then other entrances are in my heart. That's why the the word that came to me that helped me and delivered me is that God's God's love for me is perfect. And then there should be no fear. Fear of, will he answer my prayer? Fear of, will I make it? Fear of, he said there should be no fear. Perfect love casts out fear. The love that is perfect is not our love for him. But what? It's love for us. So let's sing that a couple of times. And then I'll, we'll just pray. Is that fine? Is that right? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. to wants to be loved. Hey. going to sing it will be, you see, it's important to get it for yourself first. You know, when you are flying and say if there's turbulence and something happens and then um, a gas um, a mask will, an oxygen mask will drop, they say what? Fits yours first. That's the only way it can be useful for other people. So when it comes to the love of God, you've got to accept it first and then you'll be able to help others. So the second one we are going to sing is, Jesus loves us this, we know, we, it's going to be collective, you know, but it's important you get it first. So now that we've got it, well again, when I say we've got it, it's not just, it's a process. It's not just one service. Jesus loves me. It's a process. It might take you. It depends on where you are coming from. If you've been, if you've had a very tough, rough background, abuse and all that, where your father wasn't there, because your father might be the first father, I mean, father figure. And when you look at God, you think of your father and you say, "No, I can't be loved." So we are all in different places. So it is a process. Your, your journey would not be mine. It's not. It do not be someone else's journey, pattern, and all that. But whatever it takes. Let's accept that we are loved. When we get there, and, and it's a process. I'm in a certain stage, but I've, his love is still unfolding more and more, more and more. But at least I've begun the journey. I've come to realize his love for me is perfect and there's no fear in love. So, but we still have to do it again together. Does that make sense? I'm sorry, I've been looking at them. I need to look at you. Thank mm-hmm. you very much for this morning. Really appreciate what you guys have done. Okay, let's do this together now. Jesus loves us this we know Father, in the name of Jesus. I'll I'll, I'll pray because, you know, when you walk in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is demonstrated in power. So this morning, I speak to anyone who has any ailment in your body to be healed. I demand illness and illness from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet in Jesus' name. If you came in with any ailment in your body, I curse it in the name of Jesus. Another way God shows his love is by healing our body and he provided for that and he commanded we lay hands on the sick and they will recover and so at the end of the service you want to be hands laid off we we'll lay hands and you will recover according to God's word in the name of Jesus I just want to bless you Father I thank you for this morning and I've shared your word it has begun a process in some people's hearts it's not an event it's, it's begun a process and I just pray that they will be aware of how you are with them as they journey through receiving your love as they journey through the process of receiving your love, coming to a place, in a place where that perfect love you have for us, be cast out every form of fear, in the fear of judgment, fear of condemnation, fear of not making it, that such love will receive it, and such fear will be cast out in the name of Jesus. I came and I brought blessing to this house, and I say you are blessed. You will prosper, you will flourish in Christ, God's name will be glorified in your life. Your mind will be filled with testimonies in your families, in in your relationships, at work, in your careers, in your school. May you prosper in Christ Jesus. May the fullness of God be seen and evident in your lives. In the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of my Papa. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.